across the margins. Across the margin podcast. Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes of the online magazine, and deeper into the stories. I'm your host, Michael Shields, and before we get going, just want to remind you that we are now a part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcast, connecting music fans and fans of the arts, like you, with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Check out OsirisPod.com for more great podcast where um you'll be hearing a lot more about that from me it's a it's a family of podcasts where i'm really really excited to be a part of and and kind of want to introduce you to a bunch of those as we move forward but today we got a lot on our plate because we have a banger of a podcast it's it's kind of a podcast that could be viewed as two podcasts in one because not only do we feature an interview um with two sage minds to remarkable directors and storytellers, but we also delve into two distinct but related projects. Uh, the episode is its going to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the soon-to-be-released eight-part Netflix um, documentary series entitled Rapture. And Rapture is... It's awesome. I got a, I got a chance to take in all the episodes before before the interview, and it's, it's what it does is it offers a, a deeply personal look into the lives and careers of um, some of hip-hop's biggest stars. Um, stars like Nas, 2 Chainz, uh, Logic, Just Blaze, and each episode focuses in on a different artist. And, and um, you know, each, each, each episode is almost like its own journey, its own, its own uh, film, uh, as it were. And, and, and so we're going to get into that. And, and also we're going to take a look at um, another uh, a documentary about hip-hop that was recently released um it's uh it's it's entitled word is bond it's um it's awesome it's it's an ode to to uh hip-hop lyricism it's it was released recently on showtime um i could not uh recommend that more um but what links these two projects is they were both produced by uh mass appeal which is um uh, a culture brand um it's it's most notably linked with Nas and it's uh got a magazine and it's it's you know it's it's pretty brilliant brand that's doing a lot of work to to share um inside stories about hip-hop and and the culture and and to kind of uh dig into these two projects I was lucky enough to get uh, a chance to go down to Mass Appeal and interview two of the people who brought both of these uh, to life and and that is Sasha Jenkins and Ben Selko. Um, Sasha Jenkins, he's a hip hop icon. He's he's one of the premier chronicles of the art form. He's a producer, filmmaker, writer, musician, artist, curator, you name it. Um, he's been 
telling the telling the stories, telling the stories that need to be told about hip hop for for decades now. Um, and he he was behind Word Is Bond. That was that was his baby. And he, uh, uh, you know, along with many other hip hop related films. Um, so he really got a chance to enlighten us about that. But he is also involved in. He directed an episode of um, Rapture as well. And uh, with Sasha, I was talking to Ben Selko. Um, and Ben, he's one of the showrunners, one of the producers um, of Rapture, and he directed an episode as well. So these two, you know, they really took me behind the scenes of these two projects and kind of, uh, you know, you know, it's a great way to get to know um, the story behind the stories here. And, and, you know, we talk about how both these projects were brought to life, how important for the genre and the culture that these stories are told, Um we delve inside, uh, you know, we, we get inside the episode some to kind of really, you know, touch on some of the important moments and, and ideas present there. We, you know, the whole thing, it's a, it's a hell of a ride. And, um, you know, both these, both these talents are, are, are you know, it's, it was such an insightful interview and I'm so thrilled to share it. I want to thank Ben again for making it happen. Um, he, Ben's been on our podcast before. He was, he was in episode 10. We talked about uh, Buried Above Ground, a film he he directed about PTSD. Um, so if, you, if his voice found, sounds familiar, it's from there. But thanks again, Ben. Thank you, Sasha. That was such a thrill to go down to Mass Appeal and record in the studio there. And, and to learn more about these fascinating projects. They, they um, Again, I recommend uh, uh, getting on these. And um, hey, let's just get into it right now. Uh, here is my interview with Ben Selko and Sasha Jenkins. All right, well, hey, Ben, uh, thank you, first off. You're the reason I'm sitting here in the studio and, and uh, get to meet Sasha and everything. And, and uh, So thank you. Really appreciate you being back on the cast. It's been two years. I yeah. know, I know. It's good. It takes yeah. time to, to make new work, but a uh, pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, congratulations on Rapture. I remember when I started seeing some pictures of, you know, you and some artists and everything, and I, I hit you up with an email. I'm like, what's going on, man? What's happening? And you're like, wait, wait, uh, I'll tell you soon. So, uh, congrats. Thank you very much. Can, um, you tell, can you tell us a little bit about it? Not to sure. throw a I big mean, question your way, but... Sure. Um, I, you know, it's, a, it's been a long journey, but um, Sasha Jenkins, uh, to my right, mm-hmm. and Peter Bittenbender, the... CEO of Mass Appeal, uh, brought me back in for an interview way back in 2016? When was it? Sounds right. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. So um, they had a, a hot project. Uh, they were collaborating with Netflix on a, a new hip-hop project, mm-hmm. and I was uh, flattered to, to be invited to, to talk about it and perhaps participate. Um, we had our first meeting, got on well, and Within a couple of weeks, started the job and really kind of started building the operation from the ground up. And it's uh, about 16 months in the making. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it you know, the process was epic. Um, and I think the results feel pretty epic. And it was a, a tremendous uh, team. Yeah. You know, we used to play ball together. So yeah. we know about the we grind uh, yeah. of ball. And it was it's, it's similar to that where it was, you know, it really took every single one of us... Um, Sasha, Peter, our DPs, directors, producers, editors, mm-hmm. post folks, archival folks, graphics folks, uh, production team. Um, you know, we really we put in work on this one. Yeah. So, I mean, conceptually, what what 
uh, occurs in Rapture is eight different episodes pretty much set up to eight different uh, hip-hop artists. How, how did that come about, that idea that you're going to take each episode and focus in on one artist? That Well, let me, let's share that with Sasha. Yeah, Sasha, please. Sasha created the pitch. And, okay. You know, it was really I I wasn't, Netflix and, and Mass Appeal wanting to find a way to work together, which predated my participation. Sure. So I think Sasha just speaks to that. Yeah, I, I directed a film called Fresh Dressed a few years ago, yep. which is about the history of hip-hop fashion, which was first on CNN and Sundance and blah, 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 and it wound up on Netflix. So apparently it, it, it did well enough for them to, you know, be interested in working with us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we wanted to create a series that actually served a purpose. You know, right now they've got a series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution. Yeah. You know, my background is... You know, I grew up with hip-hop mm-hmm. before there was, you know, records. You know, I grew up with music being played in the parks. You know, I was a graffiti artist as mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for me to sort of go down this path of, like, well, what we recognize hip-hop to be is breakdancing and graffiti and sort of telling those kinds of stories. But I felt like there would be overlap with hip-hop evolution. So what could we do that would create value and give us an opportunity to tell these stories and maybe stick around for a while and thinking about the way young people see hip-hop today they don't necessarily see it as this father son and holy spirit trinity of you know dance and you know graffiti Mm -hmm. and scratching Mm -hmm. you know it's more of a lifestyle kind of uh mentality it's all kind of rolled up into one and it's really self-defined by Mm -hmm. the individual artist so my thinking was, let's create a show that kind of speaks to where hip-hop is today, where young people see it, and giving them access, you know, really intimate access to the artists, uh, a broad array of artists. You know, I think that as a team, we curated a really interesting mix of, you know, uh, seasoned artists like yep. Nas, and he's a mentor to a guy like Dave East, and Logic has mm-hmm. a really, you know, rich and nuanced story. Um, so we tried to be thoughtful and think about how we could really represent the breadth of what, you know, rap music is today and how it's manifested and how, you know, it's not just the music, it's about being a brand, it's about so many other things that um, the experience that young people have today, we wanted to do something that was contemporary to that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell, especially... Uh you know, you just mentioned kind of intimate. Uh, one thing that was, I was really taken by is it's just how personal it is. And, you know, I've, I've seen the first two and Logic is the first episode and he just goes right in and you kind of get right to the core of his story, his passions, his struggles. Uh, I didn't even realize how intense of a, a background he did have, but uh, that that is something that comes across You just forthwith. It's just how personal it is. Is that something you kind of wanted to get into kind of the... the personal nature get to know them as a person well ben has a obviously really strong background as a documentary filmmaker yes and i've made a few films in my day and Mm -hmm. i'm a journalist before this so i think the sensibility was you know we're not telling you what to do we're just going for the ride okay and i think the reason why uh our organization mass appeal has had some success as of late is because um you know you have to have people who are native or have a native sensibility, or are sensitive to the um, natural sort of inclinations of people who are native to the culture. It's just yeah. something Ben possesses. It's something mm-hmm. that I possess. And I think that's been a, the problem with a lot of programming or projects that involve hip-hop. It's always from this, like, 
oh my god, like, I'm in Chicago and he's cooking crack. Fuck, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Look, fish out of water. It's yep. like, it's not about being a fish out of water. It's about giving these artists uh, a real platform to show the world who they are because yeah. to understand hip-hop is to understand the environment and the climate from yeah. which it comes from. And if you don't understand the environment, you don't understand hip-hop. You can listen to the music and love it. It can speak to you. It can inspire you. You can dance to it. Mm-hmm. But for me, music is really about a platform, particularly folks of color, a platform to really express how they feel and what their aspirations are and what they yeah. want to change. And for me, what we did with this program was give people a real window into where it all comes from and why it is what it is and how it became what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think that, you know, obviously the, the first mission as a documentary filmmaker or journalist is, you know, you have to build trust. Yeah. And of course, we're electing to make a series from within the culture, you know, so we talk a lot about our gaze. Mm-hmm. It's not looking, you know, objectifying you know, the communities, the folks we're participating with, we're, we are, feel of them and part of them, and that, that, went, that goes a long way to develop the trust. So, you know, with a logic uh, or with Sasha's relationship with Nas, um, he's able to set the tone and develop uh, an intimacy, comfortability, a trust mm-hmm. factor that, you know, not many folks can do. And obviously, obviously that was, you know, that's the why Mass Appeal is a beacon, yeah. and I think, you know, really going to be continue to put out great content within this space because they're not coming at it as outsiders or, you know, grabbing it and saying, okay, this is hot. This is the biggest cultural movement in the world. Let's capitalize on it. It's like, no, this, they've been about it. Yeah. The, the slogan around here since 19, is since 96. Since 96, yeah. So, you know, that, that credibility goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships go a long way. Peter has a lot of relationships in yeah. the business. Sasha, you know, is an icon within hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So those those reputations uh, go a long way to mm-hmm. the establishing the trust. Um, you know, then to, invariably on the directors, the producers, myself and mm-hmm. Sasha and Peter to maintain that trust yep. to, to, with the managers, with the artists um, that, you know, again, there's no, this is hard for season one. There's no, there was no trailer, yeah. no press release. Yeah. You know, it's, it's faith, it's handshakes. Sure. It's looking at each other across the table and saying, we're going to make this great. We're going to make it reverential. We're going to elevate this. Um, as a piece of content, as a storytelling platform that, you know, treats hip-hop with reverence, you know, not with objectification or, yeah. you know, like, you know, you know, saying, oh, let's go find all the guns and mm-hmm. drugs and violence and, and put that as the face of hip-hop. No, no, we're looking at the humanity, we're looking at the power, yeah. we're looking at the, you know, the existential, the moments of transcendence that the music uh, has provided for all these artists. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have this story of going from you know, a really trying circumstance to, uh, amazing, it's amazing yeah. what they've all done. And, you know, we feel privileged to have that, develop that trust and let us come out and, and make these stories. And yeah. you said, you know, Logic, you know, really shared himself deeply. And I think all these artists did. And so um, this is going to, that's why the series will stand out to us because long form, you know, 60 minutes, longitudinal filmmaking, it's not just a day with these guys, it's them over time, watching things develop, watching them unpack ideas, watching something happen, not just a profile piece or a biography, but rather, you know, finding them in this moment in life and observing them, and that, you know, to to earn that trust, to earn the invitation to keep coming back, Mm -hmm. backstage, people's homes, people's mothers, people's kids, um, 
you know, that's just a credit to the teams mm-hmm. that went out with faith and, and a lot of capital of like, no, we, we are of this too and not, you know, coming in just to grab it. For, yeah. yeah it's, it, I, it, I know that's moment. something we talked about too when we were talking about Buried Alive. I was kind of in awe of the uh, trust level that you were giving by, by some of these PTSD survivors and, and everything with that. So, I mean, that's, that's a credit to you and all the filmmakers here that you were able to do that. And, uh, and, and you know, showing this humanity that you're speaking of definitely kind of breaks down some of the misconceptions of, of you know, hip-hop and, and of these artists. Uh, but cut all the bullshit. You play ball with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? I asked him. I was like, yo, he's... How's this guy on the court? He's fucking one of these guys who I, I, talks I, I, a lot of shit. He's like, yo, he's a beast. I, I described you as a bruiser right off yeah. the bat. <laughs> but, but that sort of intensity that he yeah. brings to the court, he brought to the series. Yeah. And I think that's I'm what not really, surprised at all. really made it good, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, like, really pushing people to go the extra mile, really, like, pushing to get extra access, to really get people to give up what they've got, yep. you know, that mentality that he has on the court definitely translates into what he does yeah. as a professional filmmaker and showrunner. So Not surprised in the least. That's, that's awesome. had a lot to do with it. But, yeah. he, you know, I just want to say also the word icon has the word con. And I don't con Oof. fucking eyes, bro. <laughs> Right? I'm not out here cutting <laughs> that's, that's why it's a lyrical genius. I, you got bars. Son, you got bars. I don't even know why I don't take this live. Recognize. Messing around in rock and roll when you got these bars to drop. Let them know. Yeah. But no, seriously, man. Yeah. I think it, it was definitely a team effort. But, yep. you know, Mass Appeal is a business. We're still growing. Sure. And, you know, our network is expanding. And he came on board and, and definitely, A, helped expand our network and also brought a level of professionalism that is, you know, really helping our overall awesome. business sort of, you know, rise to the occasion. So, I mean, for us, and then going back to what he was saying about, you know, what the transformative power of hip-hop. I mean, you know, he talks about my relationship with Nas. I mean, mm-hmm. we went to the same junior high. Oh, yeah? We didn't yeah. become friendly until years later. Yeah. I really met him as a journalist, mm-hmm. but we have all these friends in common from growing up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you know, made it, and a lot of them didn't. So for me to be in a business where Nas is one of my business partners, but also going to the same junior high as him and being told the same thing, like, yeah, you guys, you should go to vocational school. Yeah. He left early mm-hmm. in a junior high, and I probably stayed in junior high longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. But we were told that all we can do is go to vocational school, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But if Nas would have gone to vocational school, we probably wouldn't have had Illmatic. And for people to be able to see this series and see the transformative power, Mm -hmm. what, how words, you know, I'm working on on another project with Wu-Tang, and in this conversation, what came out of it was they sold crack, Mm-hmm. And then they sort of switched the game up and started selling words. Yeah. When you think about the idea of packaging words, mm-hmm. taking a new ownership over words, mm-hmm. and sharing those words with people, and those words transform people, inspire people, and how those words economically can change your life. Yeah. And we see this in the series, you know, and, and particularly in my episode, and, and Ben obviously can talk about his episode, but in my episode, it's like Nas. And Dave East are from the same community. Dave East is, grew up near me as well. So the Nas story has been told a million times. Mm-hmm. How could we do something that's different and interesting? And so looking at their relationship as Nas the mentor and Dave the mentee, mm-hmm. Dave is still in the hood. All of these things that Nas 
dealt with 20, 25 years ago, you see that with Dave. Simultaneously, you see Nas opening restaurants, and Mm -hmm. you see kind of where Nas is today. And so by looking at Dave, you kind of have a new sort of look at Nas in a way that maybe there weren't as many cameras on Nas with him and his boys back then. But it just shows you the potential of where a Davies, if he plays his cards right, or if he has the right luck, where he can be. Mm -hmm. And that, excuse me, that story transcends race, gender, and it just shows you people coming from these marginalized communities, and I know firsthand, because I'm from there, Mm -hmm. to see what it has done for these folks, and ultimately what it's done for me, and to have the privilege to to be able to tell these stories... Mm -hmm is insane. Yeah. And so, the coalition we formed, I believe, the trust that we worked really hard to build, that he, that Ben understands how to manifest, that is going to go a long way in future seasons. If there are. I believe there will be because, I hope so, so much. Hip hop doesn't get this kind of treatment. Mm -hmm. And I know, as a journalist, someone who's been writing about it for years, Mm -hmm. this sort of intellectual, sort of, Non-judgmental yep. look at hip hop from a native perspective doesn't happen so much, yeah. and so hopefully it's, it's it'll do the groundwork because it wasn't easy. Yeah, your man, you know how your man is on the court; he's yep. gonna fight through it. It mm-hmm. wasn't easy to get to where we are. Yep, but I think it'll be a little bit easier after people see the level of access and trust and how it turns out in the totally. end for future generations, i.e., future seasons. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the. You know, and the and the proof is in the pudding, because when you know eventually when we shared the episodes with the artists, I, I mean, they feeling look, it. Look, I directed one of the episodes on two chains. After I screened the episode with them, the room was quiet. Lights came on. Yeah. I was in there with his his team, and he said, "Thank you." Wow, wow. Um, and then followed by like, "I have a beautiful family." Like, again, being able to, the opportunity to show these artists in the light. You know, with, you know, again, they, they control their own media, they control their own content so much now to have a third party come in, you know, with real diligence, creativity, rigor, um, and very high expectations set internally with a mass appeal, but also as partnerships with Netflix. Yeah. Um, to give them that treatment, you know, they, they you know, two chains on down the line were, were like incredibly uh, grateful for the work we did and, and, and saw all this come into fruition. You know, and further... You know, I don't know. I, I think, um, yeah, it's an incredible honor to to be able to do this and you know this be our living to, you know, spend time in these worlds. You know, I don't know if I can ever go to a concert again, <laughs> not with a film crew. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah. backstage on, in uh, the wings. Well, in yeah, the I, mean, I don't know things, how to how well, to how to live anymore like that. Yeah. Hold on. Well, well, I'm sure it's good. Well, one of the things like not only is it such a personal. Uh, journey you take with him it's so fascinating with logic you're in the rehearsal space before his concert i mean you you journeyed with nas down to the the jazz fest was it 2017 i believe mm-hmm. uh when you performed with the soul rebels i almost got chills with that i mean where else um you know just to kind of give a taste of uh some of the future episodes where else did uh any other fascinating things what 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 occurred in the two chains episode or well we'll just add one thing first please, you know please. so you know, we talk about, and again, obviously as a podcast, this is an, an aural medium, but, yeah. you know, we, 
you know, and we pride ourselves on the journalism, the trust, the access, and but also the aesthetic. You know, we really put a lot of, you know, thought and in, in, into what is this going to look like and feel like. And I remember we were doing our first one of our first color tests, and Sasha and I were at uh, Technicolor looking at, you know, the, the color-graded material, um, you know, and we are both, like, sitting there in a bit of stunned silence, and finally Sasha says to me, man, shit, this is, this is, uh, this is the treatment rock and roll gets. Yeah. In terms of okay. the aesthetic, in terms of the, the cinematic uh, portrait we were delivering of these artists. He's like, you know, this is why, again, this, we think this series will stand out, is that because it's not archival-driven, it's all observational cinema yeah. uh, with these artists, you know, all over their lives and worlds, mm-hmm. backstage, in the wings, Absolutely. green takes room, you in. in the pit, on stage, in their homes, in their cars. Um, it gets a, a, a cinematic look that um, really doesn't, you know, get served, mm-hmm. along with, you know, profound storytelling in terms of, you know, again, not to toot our own horn, it's not, this isn't 20 minutes, this isn't five minutes, this isn't a one-minute Instagram, yeah. this is, you know, a real, realized film or story Absolutely. in each one of these episodes. It feels like eight documentary movies. It's quite an endeavor. That's what we talked about, you know, yeah. and that's, I think, the, that's what we give credit to the directors, that's how they approached it. They were, yeah. you know, no one really used the word episode, and that's, I don't want to sound pretentious and get involved in the semantics, but everyone approached their... Uh, film as a film and really tried to realize it, uh, you know, narratively, uh, aesthetically, uh, pace-wise as, yeah. as a film. Um, you know, obviously Netflix helps helps us break those boundaries of mm-hmm. what is TV, what is a film, what is studio, Absolutely. what is an episode. Um, and that disruptive thing fits really well. And another thing that Sasha was a guiding force uh, at the beginning as we tried to make this series was, you know, Hip-hop hates formats, is what he said, okay. which was very uh, emancipating in terms of how to attack eight episodes, eight different films. So we just went with the, you know, the artists as, you know, the fulcrum of the creative approach to each episode. Like, they would dictate the pace, the sound, the music, the, the look. Everything was coming out of, you know, the artist's orbit, and mm-hmm. that was uh, emancipating to make uh, eight, eight episodes, eight films that way. Yeah. So it feels like an anthology. It's still unified creatively and aesthetically. So it, it feels like a series, but not like eight completely different films. But um, to not have to subscribe to, you know, okay, at this point we need to be in a you know biography package. We can we can move organically with the artists. Also, I think that helped working with the artists. We weren't yeah. seeking to f- put them in boxes and construct them in in artificial ways. Definitely. We're always able to move fluidly with them. Yeah. So that was. Uh, a really liberating, creative uh, kind of steer from Sasha fr- from the beginning that, you know, I don't think allowed us to make the series. And, I don't and, and remember any of this shit. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I would, you catch, would you catch one of my elbows in, the, in one of the meetings? Or <laughs> Maybe. No, no. I don't remember. You guys are obviously, in the, if we're going to continue the basketball analogy, I really appreciate the uh, the cleansing of my, my dirty play. No one's really talked about the <laughs> illegal backdoor picks. I think Mike's been very gracious and not talking I've run about into the, a couple of those the, picks. The, the sour side not... of my game. <laughs> He gets it done though. Rebounds for days. Um, uh, what do you? You know, I know I'm about to lose you. I know you got a meeting here, but what do you hope the viewers kind of take home from uh, from Rapture? And I, I know we touched on it as as we kind of walked through this a little bit, but what? What's the I mean, hope I, of this? I, I, you know, look, Just, I'm my you know my interest in curiosity in film and work is uh, the underdog, is the outsider, the outlier, mm-hmm. uh, and in this instance. We have eight artists who, you know, it's hard enough to be an artist in this world. You know, mm-hmm. we're in a capitalistic society. 
Uh, it's hard enough uh, to come from poverty. It's it's hard to be of color in this community yeah. in this in this country. So to combine like that triple thread of 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 identity and for all eight of these artists, nine including Dave, mm-hmm. um, to have the purpose, conviction, to stumble but to fight, uh, to get off the mat, to persevere, um, to be artists, to uh, become family members, to become contributors with words to society, you know, and make money for themselves, but also every single one of these people is a mini enterprise. They're all bringing yeah. people with them. They're all paying, you know, creating an enterprise where folks in their community, their world, and they're all loyal like that, yep. um, to have folks have jobs, have purpose, have identity, contribute, uh, charge forward, like, it's hell of inspiring, you know, yeah. and it's like a super, you know, I mean, I grew up on hip-hop too, I didn't grow up in the community, mm-hmm. I'm, but that's, you know, remember my first Ice-T tape, my first Beastie Boys tape, like, you know, early 80s yeah. and mid-80s, so it's like, to then have, be sitting across from T.I. or from Nas, yeah. from 2 Chains, from Logic, okay. um, these younger artists as well, um, to be, you know, spending time with Just Blaze, collaborating on you know, the opening main titles music with Just Blaze yep. on the phone. Yep, like, the this title, is yeah. wild experience. This is yeah. such, uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this yeah. shit. You know what Pinch, I'm saying? Pinch like, yourself this is, type shit, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, you saw, you know, you started, like, you, this piqued your interest when I started posting yeah. some, like, on the low pictures on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to blow up our spot too hard, but, like, I couldn't help myself. I was, like, Absolutely. as a fan, as a, uh, as a lover of the culture, a lover of the music, um, to be up that close, um, you know, it's been a real fucking dream, yeah. you know, despite the grind, you know, it's, it's incredible. And it, to be, you know, on the precipice of sharing it with other folks yeah. and them seeing these folks, you know, with the amount of respect and humanity that I've gotten the privilege Absolutely. to see them up with, uh, you know, I, I can't wait for people to, yeah. to see that and experience it's, that. Like you said, it's very, it's very inspiring, the whole thing. It's awesome. For sure. Is this the room where uh, Killer Mike was sharing that new song with, with Nas? Nas was sitting right where Sasha right is. There. Mike was standing right behind What's you. What's that from? What, he's got a new new uh, solo. What was that? Uh, Black Power, White Powder? I think that's that going to wind up... We're doing a soundtrack okay. for the series. I think that's going to wind up on the soundtrack. Amazing. That song is bananas, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, so there was like cool things like that, too. I mean, I think there was even like an unreleased uh, Logic track that he was doing live. And I mean, there's so many cool little nuggets in this whole thing. Um, congratulations, man. Rapture's really great. Both of you guys, it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, March 30th on Netflix, right? Is that when it's released? Yes, sir. I think so. Fantastic. Um, thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Talk some words, Bond. No problem. First off, thanks again for taking the time. Really appreciate sure. it. Yeah, Honor to meet you, honestly. Wow. Your contributions to hip-hop have been momentous, and it's a big deal. This one this one really, I, I took to words, Bond so much because I love how it focused in on uh, the lyricism. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's such a, just the power of it and, and just the potency of everything. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the conceptualization of, of the film and, you know, why you chose to, to focus on lyricism in this way? Yeah, well, we uh, approached Sprite. You know, ironically, Sprite has this, uh, they had this campaign called Obey Your Verse. Okay. Which was sort of working with rap artists to really promote the idea of lyrics mm-hmm. and promote promoting lyrics on their cans of soda. Um, Good on Sprite. Yeah, Sprite, you know, I can genuinely say that they've always, their marketing and their relationship to hip-hop, you know, for a mega corporation 
has been true yeah. and, and 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 appreciated by folks in the community. So um, they had their Obey Your Verse campaign, and I think we were in the running to do a commercial. Mm-hmm. A commercial could cost, you know, six, seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars And our thing was, why spend that money on a commercial that will come and go? Maybe it'll live on YouTube, yeah. and ha-ha, 20 years from now, people will look at it, and mm-hmm. it'd be cool. Why not do a film that kind of... Because I'd always wanted to do a film. I've had, you know, I've had Word is Bond in development for a long time. We're like, hey, we have this film about lyrics. It mm-hmm. could be great for your campaign. So we got them on board, and they financed the film. You know, yeah. that's that's where we got the the money to make that's, it. Wow. Um, and um, if you notice, there's no reference to Sprite. There's no one drinking a can of Nothing. Sprite. Nope. They're acknowledged in the end, you yeah. know, in the credits, and they deserve that. But they were kind enough to basically let me do my thing. Wow. And I think that if you watch that film, it feels like I had the opportunity to do my thing. And it goes back to the earlier conversation about Rapture and Mm -hmm. the sort of how hip-hop is treated in the media, in the mainstream. And again, I think that I grew up with this stuff. I went to junior high school with Nas. Mm-hmm. I met Havoc from Mob Deep writing graffiti on the side of a train. Damn. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So for me, this being able to be in the position to tell these stories, I understand what's missing. And I understand how it's these stories yeah. how these stories aren't being told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me you know, even the selection of the artists. You know, I wanted a broad range of styles, yep. regions, perspectives. Yep. You know, the Rhyme Sayers guys. Absolutely, they're it was, huge. It was cool to see. Right? Yeah, they're not Ali and Slug. Yeah, they're not Jay Z. Yep. But like, I, I had a screening, and a couple of folks came up to me afterwards, like borderline in tears. Thank yeah. you so much for showing wow. Rhyme Sayers. Yeah. They don't I'm, need our acknowledgement, but think they about. Sh- Tech Nine, and I mean, just I mean, I honestly, I had no idea how big of an enterprise, how big, how big that was. You know, strange music. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that was very eye opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that really I was taken by with with your film is uh, the sense of place, and I think you were kind of touching on that right there. And and you showed so many different artists in in different locations, and when you were shooting them, you were shooting them outside, and it just got me thinking, just you know, how how American of an art form this is and how uniquely American and, and just kind of what all the regional dialects have, have come into play and everything was was place uh, and just shooting each artist in their locations where they're from that, that define them a big, big part of this to you. Yeah. Felt like it. Because it goes back to what I've said earlier, which is in order to understand hip-hop music, you have to understand the environment from which it comes from. So... You know, Royce the Five Nine is in in Detroit, but not far away in Flint, Michigan. There's a, there's this water crisis, yeah. yep. and he's sharing his time and his creativity to help raise awareness and raise money. That yeah, you know, these are real life things that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with like sexy women, fancy cars, jewelry. Yep. Like these are real people, real artists mm-hmm. who use their art not only to change their lives, but sometimes to change the lives of others. Yeah, and I felt it was important 
for people to see that. Yeah, I mean, that was I was actually just led me where I was going to ask because I mean, you do see hip hop in the film as as an instrument of social change, not only in Flint but uh, also with Rhinefest. And 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 is that something you you obviously want to present? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you you I mean, Chicago is always in the news. Mm-hmm. A lot of really tough situations happening there. A lot of despair. But you see these young people in a basement in Chicago, you know, talking about words. Yeah. And art. Yep. And expression. Yeah. And using the platform of hip hop to deal with their what? Environment. Yeah. You know, so you gotta be in the environment and mm-hmm. you have to be native and you have to be comfortable in order to get closer to the truth. Yeah. Absolutely, that was that was that was really cool to see. That it was like a poetry club, even. Um, it, it one thing I really really like too is I mean, you just we were talking about misconceptions in hip hop, and it, a lot of beef is always talked about. I loved so much that so many of these artists were talking about their inspirations, and and I think besides Petey Crack, everyone was 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 uh, talking about just you know even new hip hop that they loved, and it just felt like a, a celebration of hip hop in a lot of ways. And that was that something you were going for. Well, uh... Or just byproduct. I, I just wanted people to have... I wanted people to be able to see these artists from the perspective of the artists mm. in a way that didn't cheapen what they're about and didn't over-amplify it. Okay. You know, so it's like, here's here they are. Here they are doing what they do. Here's how they feel about the current state mm-hmm. of rap music. And, yeah. like, big part of the conversation is ghostwriting. Yep. And you see the generational divide. Definitely. You know, some kids now feel like it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Other people feel like, well, hip-hop is such a true representation of who you are. Like, that's cheating. You yeah. can't have someone else write your rhymes. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about it, going back to what I've said about, like, I've been around before there was a music industry, before there were records. Yeah. I heard this stuff in the park. The culture isn't so naive anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a major generator of money globally. So some things are not going to remain the same. Yeah. People have different people have different agendas. Some people see rap music as a way to express themselves. Others see it as a way to get out of their situation, and still others see it as both. Yeah. A way to express themselves and a way to get out of their situation. Mm-hmm. And so it's all in the eye of the beholder at the end of the day. This one likes ghost writing. This one doesn't care. You know, this one feels like you have to write your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one way to be in hip-hop anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that was neat. It was kind of to, to to look at, like, the a lot of them went to the idea of the MC versus kind of like the artist and the MC, the true MC, you know, they have to kind of write their own. It was great. You got the opinion of all of them on that on that topic. And they also, a lot of them talked about um, the technical aspects of things, They, you know, kind of their writing process and everything. And I thought it was great to be able to see, kind of view them as as they should be, as true artists. And it, it was really, is this something, you know, this it this giving light to the, the, the narrative arc that they are, you know, that they... That these aren't just like, you know, just musicians right now. They're, like, they're actually true writers. That's, I mean, that's what's so great about the fact that we're talking about lyrics here. Well, when you consider some of the public schools that these kids attended, the same one, you know, Nas attended the same junior high school as me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can 
thank my junior high for my command of the English language, and I don't know that he can, but we've both been able to, you know, again, I was a journalist, I wasn't a rapper. Yeah. I used words as a way to change my destiny. Mm-hmm. And again, as someone who is from the neighborhood, from the community, someone who grew up in it, I recognize the genius in ways that other people aren't going to recognize the genius. And it's not even a conscious genius. It's a very natural genius. It's a very unpretentious genius. It is a genius that comes from culture that predates them. It comes from environment and circumstance. It comes from a place of survival. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a very human place of the need and desire to express oneself, to say I was here and that my voice matters. Yeah, absolutely. And it did, uh, it was, it was, it was amazing to see it in that way. I love, I love how Nas was talking about at one point, um, just how, how it's such a, such, you know, the studio could be such a release, you know, place to really get things off the chest, but it also could be a, a, a spaceship, I think he said at one point, kind of just taking... Well, he said it was place. his bathroom. His bathroom first, yeah, because that was the release right. part. No yeah. one's thinking like, okay, Nas, where are you going to go? Well, yeah, the studio's like a bathroom, bathroom, and then it's like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just both sides of it. It's a release, and then it could be transcendent in that in that other way, which is so cool. Uh, I know I asked Ben this, but uh, to kind of, you know, close this down a little bit, um... What do you hope the viewers take away after they see Word is Bond, which you all should. It's, it was, it's fantastic. I've seen it multiple times at this point. Yeah, I think it's just for people to start to recognize and respect the level of genius mm-hmm. that these rap lyricists, so the people who write these rhymes, are not just... Dumb kids from the ghetto mm-hmm. who Far from it. have no sense of anything beyond capitalism, anything beyond materialism. You know, these people are writing stories, sharing words and poetry at a very high level. And that, the construction of those words are reconstructing America, mm-hmm. changing America, no changing question. the world changing the way we speak, changing the way we look at the world, changing the way we as individuals can address the world. Mm-hmm. And rap music has empowered people of all hues around the world to do the same, the way kids in Queensbridge did when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's um the transformational power of words, we can't discount it. And I think the more that kids in the inner city see people like themselves, having respect for what it is that they do, and seeing how the world can respect it, Mm -hmm. I think that has great value. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, can, uh, thank you, thank you again. I really, and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be able to shine. I mean, more you know, light on that. I got a few more minutes. Oh, okay, cool. I, I was just, I, I know we're on a yeah. time frame here, so, um, let's. I mean, let's speak specifically about. Uh, Nas, I mean, you you went up to uh, you went to school with him and everything. It must be really awesome to be able to tell his story in a certain ways. Is that a personal thing for you? Is that that's yeah? For me, it's like it's always in the inner city and, and in life in general. You know, people you you there's jealousy. Yeah. You know, um, and particularly where we come from, 
it's hard. It's hard to get opportunities. Yep. And so some guy who you know from junior high school or from the neighborhood is mm-hmm. doing well, like, fuck that. Yeah. But I, I always saw it as, like, that's my success. You know? Like, Nas's success is my success. Yep. And, and ironically, later in life, we're business partners, so technically... Yeah, his success helps fuel our business, and then we can do great things together, and I'm directing films that he's in, Yeah. right? So his success is my success on that level, but just on a surface level, like, I'm happy for the guy. Definitely. Because I know what he had to overcome. You know how difficult of a journey it was to get to that point. How How much talent. Yes. How special, Mm -hmm. not only on the level of being an artist and using words and telling stories, but... You know how fucking special you have to be lucky, circumstantial luck to overcome yep. the pressures and stresses of the hood. Every And that's what you kind of see with Dave East going back to Rapture. Sure. It's like these rappers feel like they have the whole neighborhood on their back. Yeah. So you have this entourage of 80 people that you somehow have to care for. Or all these folks who have these expectations of you, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of rappers never shed that. And that is like a huge weight on your soul, on your finances. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been drained by that. Yeah. So the fact that Nas has been able to sort of go through that, weather that, come out on the other side of it okay, mm-hmm. is on top of being super talented... That's a talent in itself, being able to navigate that and then uh, transfer that to all these other things that he's doing, whether it's entrepreneurial or or giving back. You know, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just I feel like sharing his story where people who come from where we come from can see that and feel like. No, I'm not mad at that guy. Yeah. I'm proud and I'm inspired by that guy yeah. and maybe I can do it too. Yeah. So to have the opportunity to tell that kind of story, it, it goes beyond like just, you know, I try not to do things or anything I do, I try to exploit the platform to say something. Yeah. I recently did a film called Burn Motherfucker Burn. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's about the so-called riots of Los Angeles in okay. 1992. Yeah. It's on around the, Showtime. Ro- around the Rodney King situation. Yeah, yeah. it's on Showtime on okay. demand. Okay, um, it came out recently, and there were like eight other films about the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I also in that film used hip hop as a way to give people a window into what the environment, what the climate was like. Yeah. I used a lot of musicians, rock musicians, Perry Farrell from mm-hmm. Jane's Addiction, uh, my man from Fishbone, a pretty broad oh, yeah. range yeah. of artists from Los Angeles to really tell the story of what it felt like Around. there and then. Oh, wow. And so, for me, anytime I have the opportunity to have a platform, to tell an engaging story, I also want to have the opportunity to say something. Because who knows how much longer I'll have the opportunity Absolutely. to say something. There aren't a lot of people who look like me who have the benefit or the opportunity to do these kinds of projects. Yep. So anytime... And the perspective. I mean, you've been here. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. I love your use of animation. It's. I mean, it's something I saw in... Sorry, to just kind of yeah. bounce to it, but I'm just kind of making use of time. Uh, 
I saw and you, I you used it during Jungle Story mm-hmm. and uh, and Rapture as well. Who mm-hmm. does the animation for you? There's a guy named Heck. Yeah. Hector Arias, who who works here, who's just. It's such a cool way to to kind of bring these stories to life. It's, yeah. And it fits so well, and 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 you know throughout the story you're telling. Yeah, he has a great great eye and a great sensitivity. Um, he's a t- I mean he's a director himself. Yeah. You know? Oh, is he really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how can you not? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're directing the whole thing. You yeah. Yeah, I'll have an idea, but he's yeah. really the guy who should be credited. I mean, he's the animator, and he's the guy who really looks at a story and then brings it to life with through his through his talents or or organizing a team of people to get it done. So yeah. we we do all that stuff in house here. It really it's awesome. It really works together. Uh, I think that's pretty much all. What's uh, what's think big. Are you working on something called Think Big? I yeah, came across it's, something. Uh, it's in development. Little, little it's, right, it's like to something with Biggie's estate. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that'll be cool. Uh, hey, thank you again. I, I really, I think it's really special what you've shined a light on here. And uh, I, I could not recommend this film more. It's, it's really it touched me. It's it's something, it's, it's, it's like I, I mentioned a couple times, it's due time. And uh, you did a great, great job with it. And uh, honored to meet you. And thank you for taking Thanks. the time here. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you everyone out there for taking another trip with us beyond the margin. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. Across the margin. Across the margin. Podcast.